Hello everyone, this is Iseline and today we are discussing a very interesting topic. Are you a freelancer and you wonder how you can last many, many years as a solo consultant? This is exactly what we are discussing today. This is the one where we discuss hidden aspects of being a solo freelancer, like a solo consultant, and we'll discuss things no one talks about. Today is the story of SEO Joe Blogs, who has been a solo marketing digital consultant for 13 years. Today's show, Joe shares hidden aspects of freelance life and how to manage them so that you last as a solo consultant. Welcome, Joe, to the podcast. Thank you very much, Isaline, for having me on the podcast today. It's great to be here. Joe, so you are a freelance marketing and SEO consultant with over 15 years of experience working with both clients and agency sites. When the company you were working for went bankrupt in 2010, you started your freelance business in London before moving to Perth, Australia, Sydney, and then Spain. This is where you are today. And in October 2022, <laughs> you set up your own limited company called Turn Global. Preparing this interview, you mentioned that you see many people talking about how much better is their life now they are a solo consultant or things like how much more money um, working freelance uh, they make. But you see that there is lack of information on how to actually do it. And, you know, those tips on how to manage your time, having enough cash, um, getting these leads. So. I think we'll jump right into the first question and tell me like, what are maybe the three things that helped you avoid burnout over the years and manage the huge um, workloads that one has when you start your freelancing? Thank you, Isolin. Yes, very good question. So the three things that sort of helped me to avoid burnout over the year, I just want to say that I think Uh, I, I did maybe have a bit of that a little bit, maybe during the pandemic, but I've learned from it. And that is why I can see when maybe you're taking on too much or one is taking on too much and trying to prevent this going forward. So the three things that I would recommend is uh, number one, take stock of what you have, uh, not what you do not have. That is actually something that my mother says a lot. It's like uh, focus on what you have. Uh, don't be worried about what you don't have and keep trying to chase that. Um, it's really important to sort of see how far you come, which takes me to the second point, write down your goals. So it's when you were younger, maybe you had these New Year's resolutions of what you're going to do. Um, I actually have a journal that I've been keeping since I was about 12 or 13. My sister, I copied my sister. She had it since she was like eight. And uh, I used to say, like, what do I want to do this year? And now everything is digitalized. I still keep that journal. But what I do is every month is I say, what do I want to achieve that month? And then at the end of that month, I write, in, write to myself, uh, oh, did I tick that off the box or not? So it would make sure that you're on track. If you're not, then you can move that to the next month without feeling guilty. And then the third thing to help avoid uh, burnout is to listen to yourself and others or uh, others. So what others say about you, um, if you have a partner or a close friend, a sibling, 
They may say things like, oh, you look really stressed or you've always been so busy or why don't you take time out? You know, even parents, if you're close to your parents, they you can still uh, obviously accept advice for them, even though you're old. Um, but the main thing is to be self-aware. You know, uh, if there is something where maybe you are stressed out, um, you know, people would notice that you're looking more tired or maybe you're not getting enough sleep. Make sure that you address it. And if you don't want to talk to someone close to you, speak to a professional. There's nothing wrong with asking for professional uh, neutral advice. Or, and uh, another thing I would recommend is perhaps get a mentor. So those are the three areas that I would recommend to help avoid any burnout. You mentioned setting intention monthly. I've heard many people set intention daily. What? Why do you choose uh, this frequency? Why monthly? Oh, because I just have a I have a piece of I do things offline, so I have a calendar per month of what I'm going to do, and then I actually write down in my piece of paper that's actually a calendar, like what am I doing outside of work? Um, where can I fit that in? Um, and then, you know, sometimes you can't fit something in daily. Like for example, if you want to finish a course, well, that might take you a couple of months to do it. So you might need to spend, I don't know, a couple of hours a week doing that. Right. So these would be intention, both like private and professional. Yes. When I said about, you know, writing down your goals, um, I think this is important to emphasize it's your professional goals and also your personal goals. I think you need to explain to everyone what you explained before to me about the five categories, like how you organize your time, because I really loved it. And that's very insightful. Great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. So in terms of the time, I divide this into five areas. One is you need time for yourself. So this is the free time, going out, doing exercise, um, you know, doing a hobby, doing something that you've always wanted to do or enjoy. Um, number two is time to network. So this is actually building up your connections. So this is going to different meetups. This is actually uh, any events that you yourself run. I know you run Sara uh, in Switzerland. I run Search London and Search Barcelona. Uh, this also includes as well virtual networking when you're taking part in Twitter chats or you're taking part in um, any other webinars or and doing things on social media because it always takes longer than you think to share things. Uh, number three is time for family and or friends or both. You know, you might not live that close to your family. Like I don't live that close. So it's not like, oh, I'll just pop in after work. It's like, a, well, my sister's a 24-hour trip. So, you know. Um, the fourth one is time for self-development. So this is about learning and improving your skills, the Blue Array Technical SEO course or the e-commerce course. Um, there's other yeah, courses that you can take. Or if you're a charter marketer, you have to keep up with this uh, continuous professional development or continuous professional learning. So maybe you're doing French classes or German classes. And then the fifth one is time to work. This is paid work. So it's really important that you separate your the time that you have into, I found, these five areas because it helps you then to manage that with your first question about burnout. 
because you need to have time to relax, do stuff for yourself because we're maybe not like some of our parents where some of them are like, oh, I'm just going to wait till I retire and then I'm going to do this. Uh, no, I think we'll be uh, working for a long time. So we need to have a good work-life balance. But the thing is, as a solo consultant, you need to do all of these things. And you also, like I, probably other people feel the pressure to do all of these things at once. So like, how do you manage to, to do all of them? Like, how do you organize them? How do you, do you know how much time you need to keep to each of these activities? This is a nightmare. Yeah. So um, if you want to do all of those, I would say it's very difficult to do a five day week doing a nine to six, you know, and have your one hour lunch break. Um, so I would actually look at, can you do this maybe in four days or maybe in three days? Because also when you're doing work for clients as part of this self-development point four, um, you need time for that. So if there is something that has just come out, there's always something that's come out, you know, uh, you need time to do that. And you may have underestimated the time because obviously you didn't plan that in. So if you book yourself up nine to six every single day, you'll be working yourself into the weekends and then you won't have time for point three to see family or friends or point one, allocate time for you doing your fitness activities. I, I got it. Like, this is like an epiphany for me. Like, so the, <laughs> no, but seriously. So the thing is, oh, out of all of the work thing, you don't plan them on a nine to five, five days a week, because we know it's never going to be enough. And then you end up dropping other things, like not seeing your parents. So you, you actually plan less time knowing that it's going to probably take longer or some like unplanned events or news or things you'll have to deal with will actually eat this buffer sort of. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. You need to have a buffer. It's like when you're doing, um, I don't know, if someone's doing renovation of a house, people always, they say, oh, we'll have a 20% budget for contingency or if anything goes wrong and things always go wrong. And then you end up spending another 20%. So it's like, well, try and spend 40%. Um, and then 60% is um, try and allocate 40%. And then if it goes under, then then you saved. Um, but yeah, it's, I would say try and not... Uh, one, one thing that I've learned over these past 13 years is really try not to think about, oh, I have 40 hours a week. So I'm going to sell 40 hours. No, try and be like, okay, I have 40 hours a week. Maybe I'm going to see what I can do within 25 to 30 hours, for example. And there are other things with running your own consultancy, depending on the country that you're in. They may require more paperwork. Like in many countries in Europe, you have to do a lot of admin. And that takes into your time. I know in Spain, it's a lot of hours that I spend that is not paid, that's doing my quarterly tax return, my annual tax return, going to visit no tears, which many in some countries you don't have, and you can just do everything online. So you need to factor that in as well. That's that's very interesting. Also I find like the fact that you you think 
free time and time for hobbies and seeing families that you factor that as an activity you you have to plan and that you don't think about you your time as wholly dedicated to your work it's fascinating yeah <laughs> like and i can see why i made lots of things wrong because i filled my time with with work things and obviously had no time to do anything other in you know well i would say i have done i have made lots of mistakes this is just from many years of seeing what i've done and i would say when i look at the friends visiting or the family visiting you know that as a freelancer this is your I guess it's a bit like your holiday, so you need to also factor that in. And depending on which country you live in, um, let's take, uh, I don't know, somewhere like maybe Germany. I think they have maybe 30 or 20, 25 days holiday a year. Over the course of the month, that's the equivalent of two days, you know, two days a month holiday. So you need to try and factor that in. If you really want to try and have a freelance life and get paid um, well, and have the freedom, then you need to try and factor in how many days, working days minus my holiday and minus my, in case, sick days do I have to mm -hmm. fill with work. And so how do you fill these days with work? Like, you know, client's work. Where does it come from? Those leads? Because this is the point of it all, like you need to have these leads and convert them and do some billable work. So where are the leads? The leads come from your network. So that's why my point too about dividing your time into five areas. One was time for free time and going out and doing exercise. Two is time for network. So that's building your connections, um, either going to these different meetups, running your own meetup. Uh, going to taking part in webinars and all, also being active on social media. A lot of the leads that I have received are through my own network. Um, this is through Search London. I've been running that for 12 years. Um, I've also generated some leads from other channels that I'm part of. I mean, we're both part of the Women in Tech SEO. Uh, I'm also part of the Digital Marketing Union, and I'm part of a, a few other uh, communities in um, Barcelona. And of course, um, you know, if you're at a co-working, that's a great opportunity to network with other people. If you work for a big company, don't forget that that is a great opportunity for networking. You may be working full time and you may not, of course, uh, be thinking about freelance yet, but just think about where some of these leads may come from in the future. You never know. And very practically, when you say you network, what do you do? Because you can't go to someone and say, hello, I'm a freelance in SEO. Do you want to be part of my network and send me leads? <laughs> like, Yeah, you, you can't just go and sell yourself. I would say sell yourself in that way. Um, what I found is, is that some people are better at selling themselves than others. Uh, so then if you are not as good as selling yourself, that goes back into your time for point four time for self-development. I found in, in my field that um, you've always got to 
promote yourself. Not it's not a bragging. It's not bragging if it's based on fact. That was from the Iron Remarkables from Google. Um, and I found that if you are if you are focused on a certain area, because of course we can get distracted with SEO or online marketing general. There's so many different areas. But if you can focus or hone in in a couple of areas, write about it or promote it on social or maybe speak about it at events, you may get then people coming up to you afterwards and say, hey, I really liked your talk. Oh, and I saw that you're a freelancer or I saw that you also offer this X, Y, and Z. Would you be interested? So it's about building up your own awareness, sorry, promoting yourself. People are aware of what you can do. And then people um, asking you. Of course, um, if you're at an actual networking event and someone is saying, oh, I've got this website and it's really not doing very well and I'm not happy with um, how it's going. Oh, I wonder who can help. You can, of course, say, hey, well, <laughs> let's talk about this. Let's have a chat and um, an actual follow up with them and, 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 and see where it goes. But there's a lot of, I would say, these type of chats you can have at networking events which can go somewhere, other times they don't. So don't also be disheartened if like it doesn't happen. It's still a good connection. It was still good to go to that event and, and meet other people. We talked about in-person events, going to events. And what about when you, when you are remote? I think it's very important to events, including uh, webinars. So online events. I, I was running Search London because I lived in London at that time. I don't necessarily think that we always need to go to the big cities because it's very, one, expensive, two, it's not always uh, that easy to get there, um, whether visa restrictions or to this just like, I don't know, cancellations on trains and planes. So webinars are very important. It also accesses a broad market I've always been um, interested in doing things more international. We, we moved around a lot. We were, yucky. we were very lucky as children, and we moved around a lot when I was um, at school, and then I moved around a lot as, well, as an adult. And so I've been able to connect with lots of people. But at the same time, I've also worked across different borders pre-COVID um, just because that's how the teens were. So it's very important to network and spend that time and it's also what you can do virtually so i did a tea time seo when i was at thoritas and we had a lot of people coming from all over the world that wouldn't have been able to come if it was in person in person and then i ran turn digi as well in the pandemic simply because i didn't see anyone doing these uh Nobody was replacing in-person events with online events. These massive conferences. And nobody was actually saying, hey, let's do an, in, an online event. And it's like, you guys have the budget. So I just thought, okay, I'm going to set up this stream yard via YouTube. And um, yeah, I got a lot of leads. Well, it would be the equivalent of leads if I'd, you know, if it was for a business. Uh, but a lot of people taking part. There were entrepreneurs, people from diverse backgrounds uh, from all over the world. So I do believe that networking in person and online uh, is just as important. Does this mean you have to be fluent in the language of the of the country? Like, let's say you are um, you are an SEO 
and you speak English and you want to target clients in a country where you don't speak the local language. How would you approach that? Would that be even possible? Yes, it is possible to get clients that are in another language. Um, there's a lot of people that are speaking English as their second language and they also get clients in English and the clients, that's their first language. I have worked with clients and I don't speak of their fluent language, but I still work with them. You can still do, for example, things like a technical audit on a site that is in, uh, let's say, I, I don't speak German, for example. Uh, so you can do a technical audit on a German site. You could probably do a technical audit on a Danish, Swedish site. I know I, I speak French fluently and I speak sort of B2 level Spanish, so university level Spanish. I have had clients that are French and Spanish. I don't do translation. I would work with uh, someone else that does translation and is native in that language. But you can still win clients and you can still work with them. I, they know that you don't speak their language natively and they appreciate that you are speaking And you are speaking, you know, conversational, at least, a language. I think the main thing is that you were just transparent about it. But nobody expects someone to, like, speak all the languages. Uh, they just want someone, the overall, the, the marketing will be the same, as in the objectives of the marketing or the SEO will be the same. But, of course, the way to execute it might be different. You might be living in Portugal for some time, for example, and you may know that a certain way of doing the marketing is completely different to for how you might do it in English. But you might not know uh, Portuguese fluently to do the on-page optimization, but you could still help them with the, with the marketing. And you would find, like, get to meet those, those clients through events where you either the speaker or you host them? Yes, you can meet them through that. Or and through your previous networks. So I have met people when I and have worked with who they were colleagues of people that I worked with at an agency years ago. Or if there are events that, like for example, you're hosting, you know, as soon as Switzerland, I might go to that and I might meet people that are based in Switzerland or maybe they're based in Germany and they may want to do business with myself or they may want to do business with you know, your, yourself, or they may want to do business in a collaboration with both of us. And that's something that is a nice win-win from that event. But it's not, on the other hand, if I was just to have a good conversation with someone, that's also great for me you know, as part of my networking. I see. Yeah. So it's a lot of um, nurturing the relationship. Yes. Building a relationship and then nurturing. Yes. You may not get a sale then, but you may get it after a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think it works um, when you go to events with other SEOs or, and digital marketers? Or would it make sense also to go to events where you have a different kind of job around websites, like let's say in a develop technical community like development or graphic design or this kind of things? Uh, can can other jobs about websites can be allies? Yes, they can be. I think it's always good to expand your network. 
if you're going to, let's say, the first one, the digital marketing events, uh, yes, maybe you are working a lot with the, a marketing manager on a client side or you're working a lot with the agency. You know, you're offering some uh, maybe white label support. Then if you were to go to a dev type of conference or a, maybe a WordPress one or I think WordCamp, you know, it's a different audience, but they're also working with websites. So they may also need someone to help them with their marketing and you may be working with um yeah web developers that actually may need some help with their own uh marketing themselves so yes it's worth going to to both of those events i i really like this approach because there are lots of ways to get in touch with different people and it's not not only about going to seo events or digital marketings but i feel like everyone can find a way to network and because it's just not one thing it can be actually many different things than just going to an in-person event and having a drink it's actually lots more various than what what i had in mind at the beginning of the interview so thanks for that i wonder now we're coming at the end of the interview and i wonder for someone who's in a similar situation let's say someone who started freelancing, having an established business, but wants to hit that 10 years or 13 years uh, uh, mark, what advice would you give them? Like they've started and, but how to really last, like as a solo consultant? So the tips of how, or what I would suggest to someone to, to sort of uh, continue with their solo consultancy track, I would say, If you can, think about uh, how or think about why you wanted to do this solo uh, consultancy at the beginning. Can you remember that far back? Maybe you actually wrote it down. Uh, so what were your objectives? Have you met those objectives? If you have, and maybe you're a little bit, I don't know, tired about it, um, maybe things are not going as you wanted after you've met those objectives, then perhaps you can sort of um, pause and then see if there's any other opportunities that are coming along your way. And if there is a good opportunity, whether it's it, maybe it might be going back to work full time or as in closing your business for a short time, then you can do that. If on the other hand, you know, you've looked at um, where you were and look at where you are today and you're not happy, then, then look at to sort of maybe, analyze without you know too much i guess deeper analysis analysis uh think about what maybe went wrong and how can you sort of correct that path if you've diverged off that path that you wanted just think about maybe there was one or two things that happened that kind of led you down this maybe smaller dirt track that you didn't want to be but the main thing is you need to just go back to see first of all When you started your solo consultancy, what is it that you really wanted? Um, if it's something that you've been able to achieve, that's great. And you want to, there's another opportunity that's, as I said, closing your business. You, you go back to full-time work, working for a client or you work in agency, great. But the thing is just to be self-aware. If there is something that you're not happy with, you still have time to fix it. I see. Yeah, it's really about checking in and looking about the why 
and not being afraid of changing course. Thank you. I like that. This is awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. It's it's true that in the everyday life, in between an, of every activities, we tend to forget to think about why we've actually started doing that in the first place. And does that actually suit us or not? Or is there anything else we can do or change? Yeah, definitely. And I also would just want to add another point as well. You know, it is easy to feel overwhelmed. Mm, try not to compare yourself with others. You know, you want to sort of focus on your own goals and don't get distracted. So, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the industry, but if you've written down what you wanted to do that year and you've broken that out per month, focus on that. But if you want to do something extra, take out one of those things that you originally said that you wanted to do because you just don't want to keep having more things that get on top of you because that's how you can get burnt out. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for taking the time to answering all of my questions and to supporting us, <laughs> other solo consultants. Thank you very much for having me, Zelin, on the podcast day. It's been great to, to be part and to share just a small fraction of, of what I've been doing. If anyone has any questions, I'm very happy to answer them. Do you want to say where everyone can find you? Also, in case if you want to do other public speaking about that topic or other podcasts, it's time to share your Twitter handle and LinkedIn and everything. Yeah, thank you. Well, everyone can find me on Twitter uh, at SEO Joe Blogs, and I'm on LinkedIn under just J hyphen Turnbull T U R N B U L L. And thank you, also. Joe. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I was just going to say, and search London, of course, and search Barcelona, you know, we'll have some meetups in the uh, autumn of 2023. Of course. <laughs> Everyone go network with Joe. <laughs> thank you, Joe. Thank you so much for being on, that, on our podcast. And thank you, everyone, for listening. This is the WTS podcast. We are on a mission to amplify women in the SEO industry. You can join the Women in Tech SEO community. It is open and free for all women in the SEO industry. You don't have to be a seasoned SEO to join. You can be someone who wants to know about SEO, and that's 100% okay. You will become a part of 5,000 active members in our Slack group. So check our website and we are happy to be here to help you out and answer any questions. I've been your host, Isalyn Mühlhauser. You can find me and Women in Tech SEO on Twitter. Thank you so much um, for listening to the podcast. And thank you so much, Joe, for being our guest today. Thank you very much, Isalina, and thank you very much, Women in Tech SEO.